Thursday, folks. We are back. The historical oracle. That was an incredible sound your microphone just made. I hope that <laughs> it bought me tremendously. Was that mine? I think so. When you picked it up, it like <laughs> it's fine. Oh god. Um, <clears throat> I have some housekeeping here before we get started, which I'll get into momentarily. For those of you that are in the chat, you will see something slightly different. I'll explain that. But first, Oracle, you fired up to be back here for a, another monumental edition of this this great program. I am. I, I felt a little bit bad about postponing last week's show, but then I think I, I think it was a good thing because, you know, with a project like this, you need you, you need a little bit of time and, right. and space, right? I mean, I would say you know, so. Yes. You know, I get you know, I got like twenty five shows or whatever the hell a month, and it will only get much much harder. Well, <laughs> this was a pretty hard month based on the notes that you've sent my way. <laughs> which we will get into folks if you look in the chat you'll see this here which is a link to our our new Streamlabs deal i don't make sure my my things plugged in here so i don't go off the air that'd be bad um <laughs> i wanted to be transparent with this up the top here because i think look this late night room program uh, we we don't do many things well but there's one thing we're pretty good at and we're pretty cut and dry with this stuff so i wanted to explain this very briefly um I was kind of reluctant to do this deal with the Streamlabs and the Super Chats and all that good stuff. However, more people asked me with the explanation of it's easier to do a one-off tip than it is to pledge full-time monthly a certain amount, right? Because then people don't want to take their money down. It's a whole thing. Um, in addition, this this Super Chat, this tip stuff, when we have guests, I'll use that to pay the guests because I don't like people doing shows free. That's just me. A um, couple things, and this is important. So that money, other than the guest stuff, will just be on top of our Patreon, and I'll split it between the gang. So, you know, that's to be clear. And more importantly, it will not affect the content at all. I'll read comments as much or as little as I usually do. As it is a tradition, right? There's some streams where it's just you, myself in the chat, and I'll use you guys a lot. Shows like today, obviously, Oracle Live, a format, so it's a little bit different. So... Couple things there. Some of you already um, pay us far too much money, to be frank. Double what the WWE network costs, which still blows me away. So, <laughs> do not you do not have any reason you have to do that or anything like that. I put it there because people ask for it. It's an option, and if I forget it and you have sent money, please just alert me via the chat, and I will then make sure to catch up on that. Okay. Now, with that out of the way, Oracle. This is. Man, is this a month, brother? I mean, this is is this before we even get like into the pieces of the puzzle here, is this the height of God the two big pro the two big promotions sucked at this point? Is this as bad as it gets, do you think, in a kind of collective sense? It's it's pretty bad. I mean <laughs> it's different kinds of bad. Like Yes. WCW, it's legendary Russell crap that there's certain pieces of Russell crap history that I actually think are must see if you're a hardcore fan. Yep. And this falls into that category. Mm -hmm. With WWF, I don't wish some of this stuff on anybody. Yeah. And that's not even me being like a WCW. It's just like, it's just, 
just so lame and 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 unimaginative mm. and and just lousy and and boring and and phony um yep just just a real uh, it's october 95 has got to be a bottom five month in the history of the company um good lord i mean it's just it's 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 really bad yes which we will get into in in pretty good detail here i think we're going to close with the wwf just as we did last time right because and and this is i sense going to be a trend at least initially here as you folks know we're going to lead here with the show that wins the most weeks oracle seems to be a format with you know which promotion had the best show of that week and he's grinning there because he knows that here in this month we have five weeks of tv with ecw taking the victory in all five <laughs> <laughs> a clean sweep. They won last time two. They won two of the four. They have all five here. So we'll start obviously you know, before that. Is there anything you want to say to set the table? Because clearly, so, you know, this is going to be quite the contrast will, with them to the others. I will say this as we just viciously buried both the big two. Yes. Raw was actually WWF was actually bookended by two pretty decent Raws, in my opinion, in October. Mm -hmm. The middle was just atrocious. I mean, just absolutely right. terrible. Um, the WCW had a lot of interesting pieces and, and kind of a promising mid card, and there's a lot of good there. And in some ways, it was actually kind of a close two to ECW mm -hmm. by the end of the month. But the main event scene is such a train wreck that you can't look away from. That, that I can't, you know, you, you really can't call it a good month at the same time. Um, and, and ECW was just continuing its momentum. I mean, right. we're on the build to November to Remember Now, which was their biggest show of the year at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, they're just, it's it's poly, so, you know, not everything always clicks, but they're, they're just... I mean, just the layers and, and, and the main event feuds that they're doing with, 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 you know, Sandman, Mikey and Austin, and then with, uh, you know, Cactus and Raven versus Dreamer and Funk. I mean, it's just night and day, really, right? really good stuff. Yeah. All right. Quickly to answer Frank's question now, not two hours yet. As no. Oracle is aware, that will be upon him soon. A uh, couple of things here. Because, of course, after I did the big spiel about how people shouldn't feel they need to send in <laughs> donations, they immediately have done so. Bam255019 says, um, just a small thank you for being awesome, guys. I enjoy listening to your thoughts and opinions. Keep up the great work. I assume that went to the wrong person. And Tope Suicida said, nice. We appreciate the love, folks. Oracle and I are going to be rich men after tonight based on this, this, this opening here. Uh, see the way they reward us there. We come on. You know, we're, like know. A, we're a minute late. You, you kick the shit out of your microphone like Bob on the late night grin. You oh, know, we... God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm messing. Okay. I could, have been, I could have been devouring my dishwash uh, yes. pizza, but I decided not to do that instead. I, it's worth bringing that up, right? You said, you know, this is not behind a paywall. This be professionals. I'm going to eat this right, pizza here. Right. I, and, I meanwhile, that. you know, and in and, 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 and the pre-show, I was eating Pizza with you know dishwasher detergent sound just tasted well, like it on there. So that's good. If it isn't on the air, it but, doesn't matter, pal. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, as you mentioned, there is no big show, which is not a reference to Paul White, as many people dunked on my tweet earlier when I used that phrase. Apparently, you still can't do it yet. No more BS. There is no big show for ECW. They are November's Remember is on the horizon. But for this month, there isn't one, right? Which clearly mm-hmm. didn't hand, handicap them any because they, I mean, good right. lord, they won every week on your on your uh, system here. There right. is an awful lot happening. And obviously, folks, as we do this, there'll be overlap month to month. Speaking of such, um, best match, once again, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis. As someone that I feel like I've seen the, the, uh, the prior match, but not this one. Unless I'm getting confused here. This Better is, this is the two out of three falls. Okay, so okay, yeah, I've seen is, clips. I've seen the whole match. Okay. Go ahead. This one, it's it's great. Um, it's got the famous. It's it's grading because it's Joey Styles and but he's he go oh Dios mio when Psychosis oh, does yes. this crazy dive into the crowd or whatever. Um, this was excellent. Like they worked the sort of triple A style singles two or three falls that you would, you know, normally get that, you know, that you might see in Mexico at the time. Mm-hmm. And they just, it's not something you see in the States during that period at all. Right. And they're out there doing just completely insane stuff. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing in the ECW elements into it with the chairs and just some of the, even now, 20, 26 years and, and, and some months later, it's still impressive right. to watch. I mean, it's just like just that dive that 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 Styles did, you know, the uh, the sort of famous commentary on. Psychosis pulls the guardrail in, and you're like, "Oh shit, what's he about to do?" Because <laughs> you know, we 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 all know Psych. You know, Psych is us hardcore fans give him the nickname Psych. Uh, typically, right? You know, but he's he's always doing crazy shit, and a lot of times he's hit or missed, yeah. and. I mean, he was on point in this match, and that dive he hits into the crowd on Ray is just spectacular. I mean, it's just that's the highlight of the match. Um, he ends up winning, so they end up having going even. I think they end up having a Mexican death match at uh, November at uh, November to remember, I believe. Okay. Um, I, I think, if I remember correctly, I believe I've seen that too. I think that's right. Um, oh, uh, listen, November to remember '95 is loaded. Aren't like that's right. a very famous show. Yes, I had a look show. at that lineup. That's that's um, something, right? That's a special time for that promotion. Yeah. Um. So when we when we get to that show, it's going to be, it's going to be that's that's going to cover a lot. That that may have to be a uh, 150 minute show because that's Survivor Series and and World War Three. We'll see. I actually yeah. like I actually like Survivor Series '95. My. But that it may not have to be 150 minutes. There are some things I like about it. That'll be an interesting conversation. We'll get yeah. to it. It'll be, you yeah. know, it's not it's it's soon ahead here. So um quickly, if out of the, these two matches, so last month they had match of the month was you know free CW mm-hmm. before. If someone said to you, I'm only watching one of these matches, should they watch last month's or this month with the two out of three falls for Ray and Psychosis? Which one would you say if you ha- you're only gonna watch one, go for this one? I'd watch this one. It's on the October 17th, 1995 edition of ECW Hardcore TV. There you go, October folks. 17th. I mean, that's a pretty easy... Some of this stuff obviously requires context. I think that one site you can probably just jump in and have fun with, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's around sure. psychosis. For sure. Um, okay. You, we talked about this last month, the dynamic, the, the Sandman, Michael Whitbrook feud, and, and Austin debuting, right? And we, we talked about that whole picture and kind of what was about to unfold. You had that as, as best feud here. Um, 
Where are we at on it at this point? Update me on, on, on all the, the dealings with so those guys. Essentially, they have a Sandman and, and, and Mikey are sort of working around the horn, sort of incorporating these sort of ladder match, sort of quote unquote ladder matches. The belt's not hung up, but they're but they're working ladders into the matches. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like, you know, the modern WWE TLC matches where you, it's like, you know, pinfall or submission, but they just use ladders. Yes. Um their matches are great, by the way. Sam and Mikey matches rule. I don't know if you've seen any of them. I haven't. But, like, they're really fun. Like, yeah, it's a typical ECW, but, like, they have really good chemistry together, and some of the stuff are just insane. Like, you got, like, Mikey will, like, they always do these spots in all their matches. Mikey will, like, throw the ladder, the corner, you know, the little corner ladder, and Sandman, the dude doesn't block it. He just takes it directly into his head. You know, um, sorry to hear that, but yeah, fair. Yeah, I, mean, it, I, I won't lie; that stuff pops me at rules. But fair. I mean, you know, TT, you know, that's that's a, that's a thing, folks. Yeah. Um. Uh, I I I may have witnessed Sandman uh, experiencing some CTE trauma at the at the at the Denny's, and uh, yeah, I can buy that. Uh, yeah. Quick, or maybe before... it was just, or maybe it was just the Sandman being the Sandman. Uh, I think they're the same thing at this point. Before we get to the Austin <laughs> entry, can you give me like a quick, you know, career appraisal assessment of, of Sandman? Because he's very much the guy that people point to when they say, look at the stuff Paul E could pull, could pull off, right? Like, because that character and that gimmick and that presentation lives forever. I mean, Cardona has parodied that shit two weeks ago. Mm. His work is, I think, fair to say, I'm going to use the word divisive in this particular scenario. You pop me by saying these matches are, are fun for you. So give me like your thoughts on Sandman overall here. Uh, Sandman's actually a good worker. <laughs> there you go. Um, he just, you know, he, he, he lived the gimmick. He had this gimmick. And I think there's, I think people underestimate how well he could put a match together and how well he could draw heat and how well he could actually like, he could actually wrestle too. Like I've seen matches where he can like lock up and like do shit. Um, It's, it sounds bizarre and weird. People don't buy it, but like it's you, you, you have to go and watch this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. He's actually a lot more talented than people give him credit for. He's one of my favorite ECW guys. Sam and right. Taz and, and, and Mikey Whipwreck are probably my three favorite ECW originals. I'm not so much a fan of Dreamer or or Raven. Um but <clears throat> he's he's a really good wrestler, man. And you know, did he have good chemistry with everybody? No. Right. Um Mikey had good chemistry with them, but I, I thought Whipwreck was a really good wrestler and I think it shows by all the great workers he trained in the last yeah. twenty years. Um but I mean, yeah, this 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 series of matches just alone is just really, really underrated. Um, I mean, it's not it's it's not gonna blow you away or anything, but they're fun. Um, you know, yeah, they're violent and stuff, but I mean, it's not insane or by any means. I mean, they do like fun, neat stuff that I've never seen again. Like in in the Flagstaff show from the October third, I'm pretty sure it was in Flagstaff. Sandman is like hanging from the rafters. He climbs on the ladder and hangs from the rafters, and then does a leg drop onto Mikey. It rules. It rules. <laughs> um, 
like and and then and, and there's a spot at the end of the month in the Halloween episode where he, he like it's 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 a title switch where Mikey finally beats him, which was a great moment, by the way. Um and uh Mikey beats him and actually wins the title. That's let's let's okay. be clear. That's this was an ECW world title feud. Right. Um and uh and it was really a two year build build of Mikey being like the underdog you know ring boy <laughs> right. who basically like kind of got you know pushed into being a wrestler um sandman does a spot where he like creates a seesaw with a ladder and pulls in the guardrail and like there's hat guy and all these fans are like <laughs> trying to like get out of the way and he jumps and he literally does a dive onto the ladder he just dives under the ladder and seesaws mikey oh, gets cool. mikey in the yeah. face and that, like, the, the fans are having to like you know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's incredible stuff like it's no, 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 this was not happening i mean this is it's classic ecw um but yeah these these i could talk about these matches a lot i mean these these matches are great i think i think they're worth checking out um first one's on for the first one's on october 3rd the last one the title switch is on october 31st and i believe the Second one is on October 24th. And big moment for this feud then, mm-hmm. right? Yes, okay, and, so- Austin, and Austin gets himself involved in all three. So Austin's okay. coming out and cuts promos in the pre-matches. He's talking shit. Um, just some great promos, man. Like, he comes out and just talks big trash. Um, really starts, really gets in Sandman's ear and face. And in the one one episode, I think the, the October 24th episode, he and Sandman actually get in a pre-match brawl. And God like bless. Conan is there because he's debuting and I forgot Conan debuted in ECW, but he's not. I don't yeah. know. It's he was only there for a cup of coffee. Um yes. but and we can leave him Conan and Sandman if we didn't get in a fight. It's it's weird. But that it was a fun segment. It was bizarre, but it was fun. But but the title switch match when Austin comes out. Yes, he cuts a promo on woman, ends up taking her to the back, and you know, picking up and taking her to the back, and right. the fans are a little bit too handsy. Uh, if you get my drift, that's <sighs> you get. Some, sometimes it's good that 1995 is 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 no longer here. Right, yeah. it's always I, an important disclaimer. I agree. I'm glad you yes. said that because it's fair, very fair. <laughs> right. I, I'm intrigued. Do you put any stock in the kind of, I wouldn't say it's a, a big opinion or anything. People often draw that comparison of like the stone cold character. There's elements of the Sandman in that character. Right. And I think a lot of it's surface level with the beer drinking and the kind of, do you think there's anything to that? Because like, clearly if there is, there's a, there's a root of this here, right? There, there are, Mm-hmm. You know, alongside each other at this point. Do you mean there's anything to that? Or is that just a case of people kind of doing a broad strokes comparison? There might be something to that. Austin feels like a pretty honest, honest guy. Right. I wonder if somebody, if somebody would ever ask him that. I, I feel like he'd give a fairly truthful answer. Be interesting, um, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like not then. That doesn't. <laughs> if there is, it doesn't take it away from Austin's success, right? right? We're right, we're very right. aware of the of the differences, yeah. but that's interesting. I'm I feel the need to watch these matches now. That's 
you've popped me with this Sam. So do you, would you say that history has been unkind to Sandman as a worker? Or is it more a case of he was unkind to himself with his kind of declining performance at times? Probably more the latter. Yeah. Um, okay. But I also think the former is, is also, mm-hmm. you know, a fair comment to say. Right. Okay, so... As I said about regarding overlap, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that Cactus came in here again with best promo. Um, he is building to, as you mentioned, him and Raven versus Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer. He also, I said, I noticed in the notes, and this popped me tremendously. He had a match or a mini program, according to the, the notes here, with El Puerto Ricano. Is that That's is right. it? Pablo Marquez. There you go. Okay, talk us through what Cactus is up to. This match is a a famous match in the ECW arena. Um, Let me make sure I get the date on this right. I think it's the October 10th episode. Okay. Um, So basically, this is the match where he, like, deliberately works a boring style. Oh, okay. Where he's, like, doing a side headlock takeover and, like, working a headlock. Okay, well, that rules. And it's hilarious. And the ECW fans, being who they are, because they're basically basically their own characters, start doing the wave, and it's an incredible sight to see. Everybody's doing the wave. Yes, that is awesome. I've seen this. I didn't even realize. (laughs) And, and, uh... And and then of course in, in in brilliant Foley fashion he wins the match at the end after Raven interference with a small package it's hilarious yeah. inside cradle, um, wild post match Dreamer comes out and gets involved and ends up getting beat down by Cactus and and Raven and Raven manipulates Cactus into actually like blooding Dreamer and beating him up and sort of breaking Cactus's devout I'm not going to work hardcore style or whatever mm-hmm. and. Some people were critical of that because it's like, well, they're just going against what he's preaching on his promos. And uh, I can see an argument for that, but I also see the argument of Raven sort of right. being the manipulator. And mm-hmm. it just, I guess that varies on your, on your uh, fandom of one Scott. Uh, yeah. You know, the law. Flamingo there. Joe says it here and he's not wrong. The originator of law. <laughs> there you go. Fun fact for you folks, when when Oracle and I were talking about wrestling with more detail, privately in DMs, and Oracle listed a few wrestlers, and you said to me, what are your opinions on this? Because I haven't seen, and I've said this before on the show, off the show, I haven't seen, you know, 20% of what Oracle's seen. And Raven was one of them, and I believe my exact quote was, (laughs) Bray Wyatt, but people don't realize that yet. (laughs) It's like... I mean, there's something there, right? Like, and then the bell rang, and all the different, you know, mythology and <laughs> nonsense that comes with the stuff. Like, but, but God bless him. He was he was pivotal here. Now, this tag match that we're building to. I mean, look for anyone's money, whichever of these guys pop you most. This is a pretty strong, like on paper, this is a pretty strong matchup, right? Mm-hmm. How what's the heat like for this whole deal? Is this does oh, this it? feel as big as it should? It, it feels huge. It feels like the biggest thing there. I mean, it's it feels yes. bigger than the three way title feud. I mean, it's it's a huge, huge deal. Uh, Cactus's promos continue to be he his it might be his best one at the first episode of the month, October third, where he talks about losing his ear in Germany. Yes, and the nurse going, "Is this a joke?" in German. Yes. And him going, all this, all the brain cells I've lost, all the 
blood and sweat and tears is just a joke and now it's like and and he, and he ties it into tommy dreamer turning down an offer from wcw yes and he goes into this incredible i mean it's just <laughs> i mean it's just incredible work from mick it's just it's it's masterful it really it is um and it's so engaging it's it's so engrossing like uh, it's it's so his promos around this period are the type of promos that I could I could see a non fan going, like yeah. not being able to look away. You know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah. it's so it's so authentic. feels feels so real. Um, he's he's special. I mean, we talked about it last time. We you know we don't need to make this the the Mick Foley victory lap every month. But good lord, man. Yeah. And I saw some people in our comments last time, and it popped me. A couple people underneath our our first episode said that like, they had never seen these promos before. If you're watching this and somehow you haven't seen these particular, like, because look, if you know Mick as the the Soko guy and the Rock and Sock connect, that's still awesome, right? Like, Mick, he's mm-hmm. great at that stuff. However, I think you should also see this because that range is what makes him so right, truly exactly. special. He's incredible in these segments, as we said uh, last time out. Okay, anything else on that big program before we we move on here? The big the big tag team program. Uh, I need to plug my computer in so I don't die in the middle of the show. That would be important. I also had to do that. Incredible. Great uh, prize, Oracle. You and I, should have, I should have stopped my camera there and said, you can look at my beautiful white ceiling behind me. <laughs> <clears throat> Any feels on the big tag program? Uh, oh, at one point, Mick cuts a promo and says he spit on Dory Funk Jr.'s grave. That was interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, like yeah. the the, thing, the dynamic of Mick and and Funk is such. Yes, like, exactly. It's it's very it's very compelling. Right. Um. It's it's obviously different because hindsight and you know history has done what it done to both careers. More so, Mick, obviously, mm-hmm. because Mick's big money run is ahead for Terry Funk. Obviously, the other way around. But like Mick Foley and Terry Funk are two of the greatest wrestlers ever, right? Of I mean, course. I'm being hyperbolic in saying that. I mean, you no. would know better than I, but that feels no. like a fair assessment. Uh, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Right. And here they are, brother. ECW 1995. Very different points in their mm-hmm. lives, but they're rocking it. Okay. Mick won best promo. Speaking of promos, the Pulp Fiction promos are here. Now, I think most people know, but for those that don't know what that means, this explain that best you can, and then we'll talk about these initial entries here. So go so- ahead. The Pulp Fiction promo is probably the one of the more brilliant ideas that, that Heyman ever and ECW ever came up with. It's essentially a video montage set to Miserloo, the theme song of the of the Quentin Tarantino film Pulp Fiction. Um, if you're if you're familiar with the film, you 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 may be familiar with 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 the theme right. song. Um, and it's basic. And remember back then, you know, music rights were a fucking joke. Um, Especially for Paul Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, you know, this. So basically, it would just cut to various promos and various wrestlers throughout ECW, all in different settings, sometimes on location, sometimes doing. And mm-hmm. it was a way for characters to develop and feuds to progress and people to kind of get shine. It's one of the best ideas he ever had. Yeah. Um, and it's just 
they go through about sometimes they last 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> um, and it just kind of goes through everybody in the promotion and, and what's going on and, and kind of gives you an insight to the characters and, and gives you some fun little bits and stuff like that. And, and it's all set to, you know, Pulp Fiction's Miserloo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is usually, an incredible. It, it usually occurs at the end of the show. It's an incredible dynamic when they do go 10, 15 minutes, right? It's, mm -hmm. an, it's quite, the, it's quite yeah. the deal. Um, these are on Peacock, right? All of this stuff. Yes. On. In fact, this is, uh, to be clear, if this is uh, anybody's first viewing, all the stuff that I watch is only available on Peacock. Right. I yeah. don't watch Saturday nights. I don't watch Superstars. I don't watch um, stuff like that. Uh, that would be, this would be virtually impossible if I were to try to. Uh, yeah you know undertake that endeavor yes yeah i'm glad for for your sake you do not do that because this is more than enough <laughs> now the it is worth saying that the you know the the experience on the cock is slightly different right because they mm -hmm. the way they mix these yeah. two is although know. i will say this i'm pretty sure the like my the the like weird version of the what's this I'm not even f totally familiar with the band or whatever, but some called song my way or whatever. Cause it, cause they do like a Sandman video package after Mikey Wilpark wins the belt and they do like a Sandman world title on video package. And yes. I think it's the actual song that they originally aired. Cause it there sounded like go. a real song. And I was like, wait a minute, this did not get edited out. I don't think this was edited out. Um, Doesn't surprise me. Cause they do. I, I get the sense with these, like they don't do a particularly, um, it doesn't feel like they do a particularly nuanced job of the way they edit it. You know, it kind of feels no. like just places like whatever their music is over the top. No, it isn't perfectly mixed. Is it, is it fair to say? From my right, experience? right, right. And 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 for the and for the big shows, they don't they they could basically come in the original form other than the music. Right. So I mean, you know, all the promos. I mean, every f bomb that's dropped is like not edited, which mm -hmm. I prefer. I mean, um, right. but that's yeah. I mean, I get. You know, but like hardcore TV, sometimes in the editing, they'll, you know, you don't get to hear New Jack spiel is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which, which really limits the, the the experience of a New Jack. Doesn't a little it? bit, although 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 to be fair, uh, in 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 any era or or in any period of watching ECW, the ECW house mic is notoriously terrible, so yes. it's hard to hear anybody's promos on the house mic anywhere. Anyway, there was a tweet. I have to bring this up because it popped me. But there was a tweet during uh, GCW's now infamous event at Hammerstein Ballroom, which this will pop your oracle. Someone said, and people say this is the new ECW. I can't even hear shit. This is so badly mic'd. And I popped huge at the idea that that makes it less like ECW. <laughs> if anything, brother, that makes it even closer to ECW. Trust me, I have... Watched a spindle of disc uh, that were from the original ECW without the editing, and the house mic is like, huh? Like, yeah. you know, Joey Styles are talking about it all the time. It's well, like, it, it's very hard. Sometimes it's better not to hear Joey. But anyway, <laughs> the Pitbulls and the Eliminators feud is underway. Anything on that one, Oracle? Yeah, that's a that, that's that's the Eliminators' big first feud, and and I wanted to point that out because. Talked about their debut last month, and and uh, they're they're one of the more famous ECW tag teams, and so basically, uh, 
their manager is Jason, and Jason used to manage the Pit Bulls before he sold them to Raven. Um, and noted that <clears throat> it's it's worth noting that Francine is now the manager of the Pit Bulls, and so they come out and squash Donnie Allen and Chad Austin, and in a tremendous moment donnie allen had a jersey that said number 499 and joey styles pointed out that that's because he moved up one spot higher in the pwi 500 <laughs> and donnie allen wore 499 on the which is a tremendous character work that, there that rose <laughs> yes um but uh <clears throat> they got totally annihilated those were paulie's favorite job guys in ecw chad austin and, and uh donnie allen they got they got destroyed and um uh, the eliminators, or, you know, Jason comes out and starts cutting a promo and goes, "Hey, I know I want you to guys come. I want you to guys to come back with me, you know, pit bulls, whatever." And he ends up kicking Francine in the face because it's 1995 and it's CCW. Yeah. That gets tons of heat, yeah. and pit bulls start coming and going after Jason. Then here come the eliminators, and they start. Uh, you know, beating the heck out of the pit bulls, and there's a big brawl, and Taz and Rick Steiner come out and make the save. And at one point, Rick Steiner does one of the most incredible moves I've ever seen, and I'm mad he's never. I'm mad I've never seen him do it again. He does a DDT onto his knee that looked very painful because it's Rick Steiner. Um, uh, Braun 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 Breaker needs to do that bit. He he he, he exactly. needs to, he needs to watch the footage of his dad and 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 pull that spot out because that rolled. Um, I, I don't think that felt very good for 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 poor Perry Saturn. I believe it was two who who took that knee to yeah. the face very violently. It seemed Steiners were different, man. <laughs> like, look, folks, uh, I'm I'm a big wrestling nerd, and there is definitely a time for you know analysis and nuance and discussion of these matters. But if you haven't, just go get yourself a you know an early '90s Steiners tag and just. Like, it appears they just like would invent stuff on the fly to pop themselves. Like the Scotty move, man, where he does like the moonsault power slam thing and he just spikes yeah. himself. I mean, is, is professional wrestling ever going to be better than that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. It, you know, you should, people should check out the Russell 192 tag for. Yes, should they kick the shit? <laughs> Good lord, that's incredible. Go Russell 192 for War Games, but but make sure you catch that one along the way. Okay. Um, Bubba is here by Ray Dudley. I remember last month you set the stage nicely. I'd, I had forgotten that, you know, you had the Dudleys before Bubba mm. and D-Bomb, right? And you, you explained that nicely. And you said Bubba is coming. He is here. What is he up to here in his, in his first so, month in ECW? Uh, they are building to Bubba has a stuttering problem. Yeah. Um, because all the uh, Dudley brothers have some sort of stereotypical problem with them um and they keep doing these things over time every week where he's you know can't you know can't get his name out and big dick dudley hits him with with his you know crutch whatever now they're building to bubba ray dudley being the ring announcer for the opening ceremonies in november to remember 1995 folks if you've never seen it listen fully raise a fucking asshole and a piece of shit. But the opening ceremonies in November to remember 1995 are tremendous. Um, oh my god, that sounds I've not seen this, man. Yes. Yes. 
Good so they're Lord. building to that now. <laughs> um, he's the special ring announcer for the opening ceremonies in November to remember 1995. So, is the phrase of their building to it that's popping me most? Because I know you're not kidding. That's actually what's happening. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so ECW here, as I said, clean sweep, the best show each week. It feels like I'm safe to say this was a pretty awesome month for the Oracle, correct? Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. This is they're they're clicking, man. They're clicking. They had a really long run of look. They have flaws, you know. I mean, there were there were issues or whatever, but I would say from like when they really started to get going in the spring of '95 mm-hmm. until the WWF invasion angle, which the first month or two of that was really good. Up till about, I would say, born to be wired, maybe with with Funk and Sabu, maybe, maybe the the next show after that where Beulah and, and uh, Fonzie have their match. Oh. Um, that whole period, you know, up to up to a few months after Barely Legal, essentially, is is just great. It's like a two two and a half year period. They're just yeah. excellent. That's a hell of a run, right? We talk oh, about it on the great. grin. It's you know, great. We, we talk on the grin a lot about this, and I think it gets lost sometimes with how wrestling's changed. For a great booking cycle, that's a serious, that's a sustained run. That ain't like, mm-hmm. it's hard, right? Like, I think we, we've seen it at times now. It's just, I think people lose sight of that. So there you go, folks. ECW, there was a lot there. If you're like me, you haven't seen much of it to kind of consider watching. Now, <laughs> meanwhile, in Gotham City, over at World <laughs> Championship Wrestling, <laughs> This is something that I, I'm ashamed how many times I've watched Halloween Havoc '95. Like it is, your description is not wrong. This is saying I think everyone Listen, has to see. Joe, yes. This show from top to bottom is one of the most entertaining wrestling shows of all time. I don't factual. care. Yes, factual. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Is it bad? Absolutely. Awful. But it rules. But it is one of the most fun shows of all time. There are elements to this that are like, and this is where you and I, I think, stand alone as like lunatics. There's elements of performance art on this show that frankly live forever in wrestling history. And we'll get into them because we're going to start at the top here. Okay. It's the only thing to do. We have to get out of the way. Halloween Havoc is headlined by Hulk Hogan, the giant, in the sumo monster truck. <laughs> And if you watch the TV, which I know you did, Oracle, but those in the chat didn't, there is this ad. And the monster becomes a man. There you go. And they morph the goddamn monster truck into the... <laughs> and it is it sets the tone for what you're about to get if you put your money down and buy this pay-per-view, okay? There's a lot here. I'll try my best to set the table and then you can talk about each piece. Um, there is the, the plot line of... Hulk is now wearing the, the all black, right? And he's like, you know, the dark side because Kevin's selling it. There's all this is going on. We will get to in a moment the Yeti's arrival in terms of his post match angle because obviously they set up before that and Luger's turn. But that feels like something we should just let's just leave that there and this first talk about. I don't know if I want to use the phrase meat of the match considering what this is, but there are elements this monster truck battle that are like. Truly incredible. Firstly, one being Bischoff like coming in and sitting down on commentary with like the expert, you know, <laughs> and that, how seriously Eric's taking all of it. 
Now, I'll, I'll say this for you, and then you can go. But for those who do not know, <laughs> these two men, they ram these monster trucks for about 10 minutes. Then they get out of said monster trucks, and Paul White falls, the giant falls off the building. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan is asked to act. is very funny. My favorite part is the cell. Like the- yes, yes, the stagger. Now, this, this, this kind of uh, a marker there will come back to the rest because it gets funnier. Firstly, this talk monster truck, this talk build, this talk match, Oracle, go ahead, because this is incredible stuff. Okay, so <clears throat> first Nitro of the month, Hogan comes out and cutting a promo because he's already he's still he's finally back on TV in the yes. next race. He's still in the he's still in the he's still in the red and yellow. Comes out and he cuts his promo, says, I'm gonna, you know, I'm well, listen here, brothers, I'm gonna, you know, the giant, that big stinky giant, blah blah blah. He comes out and he starts clapping hands at ringside. Well, and a great moment from Gene Okerlund. <laughs> great line from Gene Okerlund. That's a woman. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan is dressed as a grandma <laughs> in the crowd and hits and, <laughs> and hits Hogan. This is actually a really good angle. Like, like a really good angle. Yes. <laughs> Sullivan hits Hogan with a cane. And this part is Gene hasn't has hasn't turned it over to Bischoff yet, so he just goes, "There's a woman with a cane." <laughs> it's the way he says it, and so of course Hogan gets jumped by Sullivan in the Dungeon of Doom, and the big moment he gets his mustache shaved off, yes. which is like crazy, and he gets, he gets a piece of hair clipped off, and a bunch of baby faces try to come in to make the save. Nasties, American males, um. Great, great angle. The best angle they ever did. The, the, the only legitimately good angle they ever really did in the Dungeon of Doom stuff. Right. Um, and so, you know, at this stage, it's kind of promising, right? Like, okay, you know. Um, well, Hogan comes back behind his weird lame green screen promos or whatever the next week. Awful, by the way. Awful, terrible. And, and he's all in black. The dark side of Hulkamania. As he likes to call it, and he's just doing these weird, like pseudo, like this is kind of the beginning of Hollywood Hogan right. in a lot of ways, which is hilarious for a range yeah. of reasons because it's terrible. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing these like weird heel promos, almost where he's like yeah. calling Luger and Sting, and th- this one, that one, he actually was out on the uh, live at Nitro. We did that one where he's like calling Luger, Sting, and Savage. Like, mm-hmm. what did he call him? Well, because Vulture next month, in, in fear of getting ahead of ourselves, next month they do the match with Sting, right? The TV mm-hmm. match mm-hmm. where he like comes yep. out from behind. It's like, what the fuck yes. is going on? Yes. He's out of his mind at this point. I can't overstate. Listen, we all dunk on Hulk enough, rightly so, regularly. But this is like peak lunacy. He's out of his mind here, right? He's just, he's all over the place, man. But yeah, continue. Yes, <laughs> it's totally absurd. Totally like, he's so delusional. Yeah, and it's just it's it's like there's one funny moment where he's first cutting his first green screen green screen promo and the and in, in the all black and he like removes one of his crosses as like the some sort of symbolism going on here. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it's very funny. Oh, dude, yes. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. <laughs> um, See again, man. This performance art in here that you can enjoy, but they wasn't aware of it at the time. <laughs> And then he's also when he when he was in it when he was in his do rag and his and his all black and he talk, points out that in, in black gloves he's talking about 
well, you know, we we know how dudes in their in their do rags and 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 bandanas and all black and black gloves act, you know, making some sort of racial remark. Oh God, was, you know. Well, yeah. You know that doesn't seem to be. Uh, yeah, that aged even worse than normally would have. Of, uh, yeah. Very Yeah, but, it's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Again, we'll do the rest after because you have to break this down into pieces of filth. It's yes. very okay. So, give me a review of the match, the the monster truck battle okay, itself. No, or... Hold on, no, hold on, hold on, no, wait. Oh no, okay. <laughs> oh, you're the angle, yes, true. Go ahead. So, <clears throat> I want to cover some of the stuff, and you could stop me, but uh, no, I want to point out the Dungeon of Doom segment on the Nitro and the Go Home Show. Okay. So we have King Curtis Ikea, who is, you know, Sullivan's father. And he shows up somewhere in the arena on some sort of, he's almost like some sort of, they they, they actually they actually produce it really well. Yes. He it's very like dare. sort of illusion. Yeah. Like some sort of Star Wars villain or something. Yeah. And he's, Sullivan! You know, he's doing the... <laughs> and it's stunning that he never broke characters or bursting out laughing at it. But and he's going on and on about how they've got this insurance policy. You know, they, well, that's that he doesn't say that because he's got to speak and you know, like it's you know mm-hmm. some sort of bizarre world or something. Um, and he's the yeti and all this other shit. I'm like what? And there's this egg, there's just sort of iceberg type egg. <laughs> thing that's sitting on the stage <laughs> all night on Nitro. And then at the end of the show when they're brawling in the ring, Hogan, Savage, Luger, and all these and then and the Dungeon of Doom, the Yeti explodes out of the iceberg. Factual. Um, yep. All of this happens, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's very funny. There's not what is that? Um yeah. okay so let's the monster truck build, we have to remember that at Fall Brawl, because they do a whole video package of Halloween Havoc carrying the whole feud. Mm-hmm. At, they they also did one for Johnny B. Bad and DDP, and it popped me. They did like a five-minute video package for yes. that. Yes, yeah. Which um, is like the first match. They like leave yes. with that. Incredible. Oh, there's a lot to talk about about this show, because we also have to note that like there's like six from there's like six interviews with Gene Oakland that take 10 minutes each backstage um, that are all very funny and hilarious, including one point where Oakland and Randy Savage are like yelling at each other and like making fun of each other's like facial hair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) But anyways, we have to remember that at fall brawl and the pre-show, the giant, was in his monster truck and ran over Hulk Hogan's coveted motorcycle yes. that was gifted to him from the fans at Bash of the Beach. That is important, fair. That is um, important. Which is why Hogan, you know, threw out the challenge for the monster truck sumo battle. And this wasn't shown on Nitro, but it was on the sea shows. So I've seen some of the sea shows, not 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 lately, but I've seen them right. some of them before, where they have like the expert that's in there doing commentary on the battle, like they have like clips of him like building the, the Hogan monster truck. I don't know if you've seen these, Joe. Have you seen them? No. 
I'm going to find them immediately. I, I feel, I'm pretty sure they have one or two videos. I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive. He pops me. He may be my favorite part of all of it because, like, him and Bischoff are playing it so straight, right? Like, there's not a yes. hint of – like, we're treating it, like, so bad it's good because, you know, rightly so. But they are right. treating this thing like it's a prize fight. It's incredible. Yes. So they end up they end up getting there. My favorite part is at the beginning of the show, at some point, like the first 30 minutes to an hour of the show, they show them on the roof of Kobo Hall. Mind you, this takes place on the roof of Kobo Hall. The famous, the famous building where the Sheik and Bobo Brazil like blood buckets for like yeah. you know two decades, um, and it's Hogan and like on or Hogan, Andre. Oh God, see this is the problem. Well, watching, you know, yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be his son, Hogan, Hogan and the Giant are like revving up their monster yes. trucks and like driving around, and it's very yeah. bizarre, and it's also very funny. But listen, the the monster truck itself, the battle that they have, Bischoff's commentary and play by play is hysterical. Look at the park shifting. <laughs> it's like what? Yes. And the best though is afterwards how seriously they take it. Then Heenan goes full Heenan and gets yeah. outraged that there's a death that just occurred. Fair. On, I mean, on, he's on. right. In, he's <laughs> objectively correct, right? At that point, he's like, "This is this has gone too far." And Tony's like, "I signed up for it, Bobby." <laughs> yes, that's the, that's the funniest part. It's <laughs> like Heenan's the only one with a level head here, like. <laughs> so it's also worth noting because. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what you're like, if you haven't seen this, I imagine this is hard to imagine, which fair, right? But like when the monster truck battle is happening, the way that they do it is like they cut to within, right? It's so like you see the guys and like Hogan's facials, man, when he's speaking, you know, and he's doing like the angry wrestler face while he puts the gear. <laughs> it's incredible. It's so, it's so terrible, but God, it rules. It pops me tremendously. Yeah. Any, anything else yeah. before we get to the because truly the biggest pop is what's coming later. Well, right? we, so. we, 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 we need to point out that this happening killed the heat for Luger and Savage. Totally killed the heat for that. We'll match. get into that. Yeah. Because that's also strong performance yeah. art. Um, yeah, in only fact, five minutes, by the way. <laughs> yes. In fact, let's do that for the sake of this, for the sake of this continuity here. Let's actually kind of cross over and come back. So, so just to be clear for those of you keeping score at home the giant has just fallen off the top of Cobalt <laughs> Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone are then tasked with calling Randy Savage and Lex Luger's match and God bless him like Schiavone he can't decide if he wants to just like fully transition away from that and call this match or he wants to like somber voice we've just seen a guy die Right, like he's in this middle ground where he like switches, because how do you you don't get prepared for that kind of thing, right? What do you do? So you're right. There's no heat because of course no heat. Shouting. What? Like, <laughs> why can't we just figure out what's going on? We can't move on with the show, man. Just died. I feel like that was partly a shoot from Bobby. Like we oh, can't, yeah. we can't actually move on yeah. from this ridiculous shit. Yeah. Like, so let's stop there. <laughs> And quickly, 
Is there anything you want to say about the Savage Luger uh, match? As you said, it's short. But you know, we might as well go in order here. Anything to say on that quickly? The build was good. It's just right. this was killed by the Cobo Hall deal, and yeah, I think they have another match at at, at, at World War Three, if I'm not mistaken, a singles match. Right. I think the feud continues. Mm-hmm. For which, reason, was, you know, which, we'll, which we'll get to. Yeah, Luger at the end of the show. There's this, and we'll, as you said, we'll get to now. So they come from there, and then they go to the main event, which is scheduled to be the monster becoming the man, right? Um, the giant Hulk Hogan for the title. And Hulk is, like, everything you think, and this is me saying you to anyone that's watching this ever, like, your worst opinion of Hulk Hogan is encapsulated here, right? Like, he mm-hmm. comes out, and he is attempting to do a promo in which he tells the live crowd, like, sorry, guys. You know, no fun in games. Giants well, dance. So because it comes off. out, he comes out to American Made. It's just funny. Yeah, and right. he's like really straight laced because the man's died, and he's like, "Listen, <laughs> folks, don't get hot on me, okay? You saw what happened. The match is off." And then the giant comes out, and God bless Tony Schiavone. God bless Bobby Heenan. There is not a man alive that could have pulled this off, brother. And the crowd doesn't really know what to do because why would they? But like he's just there. He doesn't. He doesn't look worse for wear. Oh, he's just fine. And they proceed to have a match, <laughs> just a normal match. Yeah. And it like, it, I'm not even saying it's like this. This like, oh, it's this terrible. But it's just like a nothing match after they had the man fall off. Oracle piece this thing together. This is not. I'm not making it up. This is really. Wow, no, he just shows up, and there's no explanation. I mean, they could have at least had Sullivan's father show up and. Say there was some sort of spell that caused him to survive it. I mean, that would have been hocus pocus garbage, but I mean, at least it would have made sense. <laughs> Although it's way funnier that he just shows up. Just caught they just, okay, let's do the match. <laughs> they just lock up, they just work a match. <laughs> what do you think about the match anyway? <laughs> it's not good. It's his um, first match, right? It's the Giants' yeah. first match. Yeah. Not good. No. <clears throat> now, Sorry, folks. Um, the, the finish, there's a lot here. Go ahead. Let's, let's get into this because there's yeah, a lot that so happens like, here. Essentially, Hogan makes this big comeback and slams. You know, he does the Hulk up. He slams uh, Giant, hits the leg drop, and then he goes... And then, like, the ref's about to, like, make the count. And then, like, Jimmy Hart knocks the ref down. And then there's this weird confusion. And then, like, uh, Jimmy Hart comes in and, like, knocks the ref out again. And then, like, hits Hogan in the back with the world title belt. And Hogan, like... He he registers it and sells the fall, but then immediately no sells it. It's hilarious, and then gets up because you know in Hogan's mind you can't sell anything from a you know manager, I guess. Even if it undercuts um, the whole turn yes. and the whole angle, you get what yes. you get, I suppose, right? Yes. <laughs> and then he goes, and then he tries to go after Jimmy Hart, and then like people start to you know come into the ring, Dungeon of Doom, I guess, or whatever. And Savage comes out to try to help him, and. Luger runs down with Savage, and then just like as Luger is turning on Savage, like 
Oh, wait. Oh, no, 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 no. The Yeti comes out before Luger and Savage run down. That's right, because the Dungeon Doom come out. So the Yeti comes down. And this is... This is... This is Ron Reese, who is in the worst mummy getup I think I've ever seen. It's yeah. it doesn't even look like a yeti. It literally looks like a mummy. <laughs> and Ron Reese, God bless him, is is a bit of an awkward looking fellow, right? Yeah. And so they put the poor guy in a daggum mummy outfit. Not even an odd. They just look like they just wrap, you know, athletic tape around him 4,700 times. Yeah. And he comes wandering down and starts to have some sort of mating session. <laughs> that yeah. Well, it appears to be a mating session. I think it was supposed to be a double bear hug, but let's face it, that's not what it appeared to be. No, um, it did not. No, it did not. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, it was. You've not even mentioned, by the way, the way Tony calls this. Oh, yeah. The Yeti. And it is... The Yeti. <laughs> I'm not sure any announcement has got has encapsulated such a range of emotions as Tony's simple, the Yeti. Like, there's, like, sort of embarrassment. There's, like, this phony excitement. It's the incredible. <laughs> like, sorry, I almost... You're fine. I get these weird... <clears throat> I have bad skin, folks. I apologize. I scratched a bad spot on my hand for my poor skin. Anyways, <clears throat> there's me, de you know, derailing a discussion here. But yes, Tony Schiavone, the Yeti. I, I I can't figure out why he called him that way. Do we know why? Did pronounce it that way? He's definitely been asked, but I think his answer is always just it sucked, whatever. That's what I did. I, I don't think yeah. he's ever like it would. I could be yeah. wrong on that, folks. Yeah. If you know, tell us. But. Fucking ruled. <laughs> Thank yeti. God he did. And then, of course, like I said, Luger and Savage come out, and all of a sudden, like you don't even really get the like. They actually do poorly produced here. They actually poorly produce it. Luger just starts immediately attacking Savage just to get the ring, and then it's like Luger turn. So like you get like there's like, there's like three turns going on at once. It's all very hard to handle and comprehend and. The Luger one is so badly executed too, right? Like, oh, it's no, just like, it's oh, like, hang on a second. <laughs> they spent two months of TV building to this, you know? Um, and the show ends with, you know, Savage getting um, orgied by Hulk Hogan and or, not, or by the Giant and the Yeti. Yes. Um, yep. Just, uh, <laughs> It's fair. It's fair. I can't argue that. It's and obviously, famously, Luca. There's that clip where Luca kind of says to him, "Like, guys, what the fuck are you doing?" Right? There's that deal with the, someone clipped it recently. It popped me. Um, man, you know, here's the thing with this. In history, we all talk about what the NWO angle was, right? And my God, the ultimate babyface turning heel. It just shows you how enduring his star power was, that Hogan, him turning still being a big deal at all after the shit he did here. His last year pre-heel turn, and that's probably being generous, Frank, it's probably more than that. Probably mm -hmm. anything after the first Vader match is, like, awful, right? Everything oh. he touches is bad. Oh, it's, it's it, terrible. I think people lose sight of that because they just kind of, in their heads, they go, 
he showed up in WCW, he wrestled Flair, and then he eventually did the big heel turn. And you know, but like this stretch here is as bad as as, as Major it, League it's wrestling really, gets. Really, really bad. Yeah. It's very funny. A lot of it's yes. hilarious. Like rules for you and I, but it's very bad. Right. Yeah. Very bad. <laughs> for you and I, this is tremendous. But you know, and the best part is like people forget. Like I don't think people realize it who haven't seen it. And I think it's sometimes easily forgettable, but he's hated in cities now, in certain cities. Like yes. Chicago, he got booed out of the building. Yeah. Like, people already hate him. Like, Yeah, no, absolutely. Sorry, I, Jack Crosby is sending me scoops. I'm being distracted here. Appears saying it's happened with Bill Goldberg. He is set for some sort of returns to the ring, and Jack Crosby is very excited about this. So there you go, folks. Scoop along the way, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he... The, the first clash that he appears on, that crowd already is like, not sure. By this point, he has confirmed any worst fear of what he's going to do to their promotion. So there's cities that, as you said, they just hate him. They do not have any, mm-hmm. um, and fair based on this. Anything, before we look elsewhere on the pay of view, anything else on this just incredible scene? Hogan, Luger, Yeti, <laughs> Giant, the whole thing, man. Anything else? It's legitimately. There's some there's some things in, 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 in wrestle crap lore that I think are must see and this is one of them. Yeah. If you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you have to see this. I'd agree. I would agree, absolutely. Um and as you said, luckily they catch you up on the whole feud. So like you'll see all of the bullshit they did on TV, the Oracle's mm-hmm. about if you just go to the pay per view. So but make a point of and this is gonna sound like the nerdiest thing I've ever said, but I believe it. Watch this solo. Turn the volume up and lock into what Bish is saying when that monster, because that is magical. He's he's the inspiration. By the way, do you know his explanation as to why this all happened, Bischoff's? Because it's actually kind of a pop, to be honest with you. No. He says that this was their their way of striking a deal with like Hot Wheels, <laughs> and they were going to make like loads of licensed mini, you know, WCW versus like you'd have like the Hulk one. You know, whatever the equivalent, whatever the deal was, there was a particular brand. This sounds like the most Eric Bischoff thing ever. Yes. And it's one of those deals where when he explains it at the end of it, you go, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he was like, we're trying to extend revenue streams here, and we saw a way. God bless. Anyway, elsewhere on this same pay-per-view, there is an angle that it's, it's our best angle. It sets up our best promo. It may be the league leader in terms of angles that I don't know if I like the direction. I don't know if I like the idea of what's actually happened here because it's a lot of silliness and contrived, but it pops me so much. Last month we talked about, or last, two weeks ago, you know, last month in 1995, we talked about the on anderson Rick Flair dynamic and we hinted at what was coming, right? And I'm sure most of you know. Rick Flair needs a power to fight Pillman and on. He gets Sting. They lure him in and it's... I mean, it's as good as it gets. Lay this one out because it's, it's one of my favorite WCW angles, even though, as I said, there's, there's a lot of flaws to the actual idea itself, I think. The build to it is so fun because yes. Flair's begging Sting to be his partner. <laughs> and they do this really cool angle to end the 10-16, the October 16th Nitro, where Flair and Sting are supposed to team up to face Arn and Pillman. Flair works a handicap match against Arn and Pillman. Sting comes out at the end, makes hot tag, they beat him. But I think they went by count out or something. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Sting cuts this great promo saying, "I had to see that I bleed you first. You know, I just I did I had to let you get your ass kicked first before I could come out and save you." And then this hilarious thing where Flair's like, Sting goes, "I give me a high five because Sting kept begging for high five. And the building and then he finally gives the high five. It's hilarious. Flair's like, "Woo! Like I got a high five!" Incredible thing. And like, it's it's Flair. So you so Flair is always like that, whether he's a face or a heel. But in hindsight, you feel like you should have known. Yeah, of course. Always with Sting, right? You always should have known. And so they worked this match. So now they got this angle right right as they open the show. Shivani tells that 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 Flair's been jumped by Pillman and Arn, the start of the show, yep. at uh, at uh, Halloween Havoc. And so Flair's you know MIA has been jumped, and so Sting comes out and he works a handicap match. They do you know they do the reverse. Sting works a handicap match with Arn and Pillman. Well, Flair comes back out in the street clothes with a bandage on his head, and he's Stinger, I'm here. And he begs him for a tag. And then he comes in. And there's the, people people use a GIF all the time, but he comes in. He struts around two or three seconds. And then he just deck sting, punches him right in the mouth. <laughs> and this gets tons of heat. Of course. And of course, Flair and Arn and Pillman jump him and the four horsemen are, 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 are you know have, have reemerged and and uh, it's just, it's incredible. The next promo they cut the next night is outstanding. It's, there's some problematic lines from the nature boy. Yeah. I won't lie. Um, but it, but it is a great promo. Um, he says they, they treated Sting like they would a woman. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, that's that that tracks right. That's fair. Okay, right. But it's it's a horseman promo and and arm. Right. I mean, I don't think anyone in the audience yeah. then was like, "Wait, Rick went that direction with it." I mean, that was pretty right. on brand for right. those guys. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a great promo, and and uh, soon they will be uh, recruiting another problematic figure. But. Indeed. Problematic is probably not the worst for him. I feel like he's probably in a different category, but yes, you're correct. Yeah. Um, quickly, is October's when they did the cage match, right, with Arn and Rick? Mm-hmm. I wish that got more time. Yeah, yeah. It's a real shame. Now, I also wish the... TNT allowed blood. <laughs> yeah. Which fair. they didn't at the time. What was the actual, because I always forget and get confused with this. What was the actual explanation as to what happened here? Like along the way, Arn and Rick met up and came up with this plan, or was it a plan all along? I always forget. Because they explain it at some point, right? And they're like, I have explained it yet. I, I okay. can't remember exactly. Because okay. <laughs> I but... seem to remember it may be this or another angle that I'm getting confused in, but there's there's one deal where like they claim that they like met along the way. <laughs> Like the idea that in the middle of this arm called a truce is like, it's Sting. Fuck Sting. You know, just kick the yeah. shit out of Sting. Fair. <laughs> okay. Um, again, this is another thing where, like, if you haven't seen it, just watch the turn and the execution. Because, look, Flair, there's a lot of baggage comes with him, and, and rightly so. But in moments like that, he's, you know, he's un- unparalleled. It's so over the top and ridiculous. Okay. 
elsewhere on this pay-per-view set, we mentioned it earlier, the opening match, Johnny B. Bad winning the TV title from DDP. You and I, we, we you know praised these guys last time out. And from memory, Oracle, I haven't seen this show in a while, this was a nice opener they had here with the title mm-hmm. change. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a good... It's a good match. These guys had good chemistry. Um, <clears throat> they did the they did the finish where uh, Max Muscle eventually cost DDP and hits him with clothesline, and Johnny B. Bad knocks him off the apron and, and uh, takes cover and wins the TV title. And uh, seems like uh, Kimberly is smitten with Johnny B. Bad, and mm. that story will continue to unfold over time. It sure will. Um... Now, Johnny Bad is not around for much longer. Three, four months, right? A couple more. So, March of '96 is when he leaves, I think. There you go. So, four more months. Um, there's a lot of new talent, though. And this is something you talked about as being like watching the shows side by side. That kind of that standing out. Um, in terms of incoming guys, the the aforementioned pro- definitely more than problematic uh, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko. Wow. <laughs> Jerry Lynn under uh, portraying Mr. JL, Eddie Guerrero. Speaking of such, the best match, and for anyone that's seen it, this will not be a surprise. The the I think it's fair to say it's it's one of those famous matches for like marking the era and what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Ben Warren Eddie from Nitro. Um, I'm sure you got the date on that or, or there or thereabouts. Which I think like there's one spot from that match that everyone the like, power that, bomb. Right. And it's that sums up that whole crop in the sense of like what it actually yeah. is isn't anything groundbreaking but the way it's done oh my mm-hmm. god i mean it, mm-hmm. commentary team has to stop talking about hogan for a second it's that spectacular um, right talk about this this crop coming through here that particular match and then you know what they're about to represent in wcw because they're an important piece of what happens here in these yes. next few years so you know a uh, a quick disclaimer there's going to be benoit talk on here yeah um very understandable. People are un- uncomfortable with with Benoit. That's, I mean, there's there's no worth discussion because obviously, right. but for me, covering this stuff, you know, he's such a big part of it. I, you know, he can't be eliminated from the from the equation. Um, it's 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 something that's that's going to be talked about. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, we basically we get three of the four radicals here, you know, in Jerry Lynn, and and they were. They were critical of, um, you know, they were they were critical and sort of molding and creating that that mid card and and sort of in ring style that that the natural era is known for. Um, they're sort of the three of the four guys, Benoit, Eddie, and, and Malenko, were sort of the focal point of the guys that were being held under by the Hogans and the Nashes and yeah. the Halls and the Savages and the Lugers of the world. Um, and they were the work rate guys. And, and it, they, you know, they, 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 <clears throat> they all sort of brought sort of a hybrid style to the U S mm-hmm. on TV. Um, Cause you know, these guys, all these guys had so much experience in Mexico and Japan and, and overseas and it was not something that you saw that often on TV. You know, there were you know there were some guys in WWF. Owen, for example, had had a lot of expertise. Uh, you know, um, yeah. internationally. Um, but this was this was a unique time because 
Bischoff brought so many of these guys in. You know, all at once too. It feels like all right? at once. Exactly. I mean, in this case, yeah. it really is all at once. Yeah. yeah, they're all very talented, very technical, crisp wrestlers that could have a clinic in the ring. And 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 WCW was an in-ring promotion first and foremost in a lot of ways. So the crowd always ate it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know these these were, you know these were these were big. This was a big get for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mad King brings it up, and I was about to ask. Like, I think I know the answer, but it's, I mean, it's fair to say these guys change wrestling, right? I mean, it's it's kind of lost on the folks watching it, and they're just popping for how awesome the matches are, but like. We're back, right now, we're watching an industry filled with guys that were inspired more by these dudes than the ones that came in the main event of Nitro, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm aware of how polarizing that trend has been, but we can't change what it's been. Like, these right. guys change wrestling forever. And, you know, there's, there's a lot that comes with that as you laid out. They they are held under there and, you know, they, they are limited in their ceiling and such, but like... It had to happen somewhere, and it happens here on Nitro. And, and that match that was was your best match that you know you circled there, like that's the starting point. It feels like in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That match was groundbreaking. In a lot. It's it's a pretty important match, I think, in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, you know, Eddie and Dean had had some matches that were solid and good, and yeah. Um, but you know, this one was 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 a bit different because of the physicality. Yes. And, um, yeah. Yeah, this was this was an excellent match, and they had a series of matches throughout their time in WCW that were quite good. Um, Quick question, because this intrigues me: How much of kind of these guys and their ability to to connect and to get the people into their matches? And I know that wasn't always the case. There was a couple of times there where, like, you know, you'll kind of be stunned at like great matches not getting a lot, but generally. The WCW crowds were a lot more they were a lot more into the idea of just a good professional wrestling match. Do you think history's way different if the WWF brings in the same guys and lets them do the exact same thing on their show? Because I think their audience would have found it to be a lot more um challenging to get invested. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you're right. Like and again, it's because WCW's bread and butter was in the ring. Yeah. So these these guys were going to naturally get over. If you could work, the crowd's going to pop. They're right. going to they're going to buy into you. They're going to get into you, you and, and you're going to get over alone on that. Because I mean, look, we know this. Benoit and Malenko were freaking robots, man. These guys yeah. they were not that charis- You know, they were not that charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly Malenko. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he and gets it, over huge. Oh, yeah. in his I mean, 98, right? I mean, he's one of the biggest babies yes. in the whole company. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, and Benoit was over from the get go. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Eddie was very over from the, I mean, Eddie, you know, just yeah. as Joe here in, in the chat pointed out, I mean, he got, he got booked and pushed. Yeah. Very heavily out of the gate. That's a good question. I'm not sure if there's, I don't know the answer to that. Um, no, I just think, unfortunately, as time went on, they their focus became so... Yeah, yeah, when Holland Nash and yeah. Six and all those guys came in, yeah, it's kind of NWO focus kind of overcame everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to kind of look back at, 
who could have been pushed. So Eddie was so good, especially in 97. Hopefully we'll get to that point. Just, he was just, oh, yeah. Man, was he I mean, great. just a, an all-time yeah. great, fabulous yep. pro wrestler, right? Yep. Absolutely. Okay, speaking of great incoming talent, Sonny Ono is here. <laughs> and I know this is setting the stage for saying that pops you tremendously and me too. Um, anything on Sonny here as he comes in, who has one of the great backstories in wrestling in the sense that him and Bischoff just like, well, do you want to come and do, do you want to come and manage my relationship so, with New Japan? Sure. <laughs> I, I, I forgot that they did this, but Heenan was the one who brings him in, kayfabe. And Heenan's got these got this meeting with him on Nitro. He's got this, he's, he takes the envelope, and then the I know it's like you know they're all getting like massaged by women or whatever. And Heenan like picks up one of the food the food item and he looks over, and makes a Heenan face, and then like throws <laughs> the food down and acts like he ate it. Typical Bobby fashion. Just the little things that Bobby was so good at. Even yeah. then, um, yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. <laughs> but yeah, we know what this is leading to. We uh, sure do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it rules. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's awful, but God, not, it rules. Not only, not only do we know what it's leading to, but I will be seeing very little of it because none of it actually yes. takes place. Who needs to build a Starcade Oracle? Come on, man. It's old fashioned. Get out of here. Who needs to? He'll be fine. Uh, oh, well, there you go. Sonny Ono. God bless him. Um, okay. How would you say, here in month two of Nitro's existence, how would you say WCW built on that, you know, that initial show the bursting of the show on the on the landscape would you say that they they continued to add momentum would you say we have firmly reached a halt here in month two what do you think i think on the undercard they improved i think in the main event they regressed tremendously which i think sort of evens things out or maybe i mean it was it was definitely a downfall over i mean you know the main event such a you know such a pivotal part of the show Mm -hmm. um that I mean, when when that goes south, it kind of affects the whole quality of the show in general. But yeah, you know, bringing in bringing in the the radicals and and Lynn and and uh, guys like that, you know, there was there was definitely improvement on the undercard and some exciting things on the undercard. Um, but yeah, it, it it's certainly dire on the main event scene. Yeah, unfortunately, that's going to be the case for a while. So you know. Lock in in that regard. Okay. On on the other channel, on Monday nights, let's just stop here quickly because this question popped me. Um, what would you do with the main event around this time? Is it a case of, like, as bad as we think it is, we're also aware that this was what Hogan wanted and, you know, you get what you get, right? You've signed up for the ride. You've got to take it now. Is that yeah. the case? I mean, I like Sting, Savage, and Luger all a lot. Um, I like the big show in the 2000s, late 2000s, 2010s. Yeah. Not so much here. No, um, I don't think he likes this guy either. <laughs> no, I don't think he does either. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like a tough, it's a tough question to ask. Um, Alongside Hogan, they're going to be positioned a certain way because that's how he wanted it. Like, look, Kevin Sullivan, we talked about this last time, he's been very transparent that the Dungeon of Doom thing. That's what Hogan wanted. He wanted guys that he trusted, you know, 
trusted meaning he knew he could just beat without any kind of confrontation or you know mm-hmm. i mean you could do a lot more interesting things if it wasn't hogan because there's big money feuds here but he doesn't you know at the end of the day he's gonna he's gonna steer the ship here for better or worse so it is what it is i think the best thing they could have done is what they did which is the undercard right mm-hmm. that helps okay the wwf um i'm sorry to report did not have a less tumultuous month over there either in October. No. Um, this is the the month of In Your House 4, Great White North, which is an infamous event. It's very different to Halloween Habit 95, but it, it's, a, it's a moment in time, right? And we will start there at the top, um, the, the famed main event of Diesel and, and Bulldog, what this means for the promotion, what the match is and the reaction to it. With Bret Hart obviously looming, and we know where that's going. But this start, this this start there, Oracle, the main event of this show. That I mean, it, it <laughs> the final product was such that it left them with no choice but to go back to what made sense. Right, go ahead. You know, this match isn't even bad per se; it's just very boring. Yeah. And yeah. I actually, <clears throat> this will sound weird, but. I think it was more that the players and the pieces involved just weren't that compelling other than maybe Brett. Right. But they do a good job of sort of, sort of diesel bulldog, diesel Brett, Brett, Brett bulldog at the end of the year. Yes. They do a good job of sort of, mm-hmm. you know, lining that out and, and sort of mapping that out. Um, it's just that Brett, you know, bulldog and diesel aren't the most, compelling players i don't think um at least at least not my opinion um i agree yeah the match was just dreadfully boring um right i mean i think hogan giant was in a lot of ways demonstrably worse in terms of occurring but it wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't nearly as entertaining as hogan giant because that's just wrestle crap at its its most beautiful this was just horribly boring (laughs) <laughs> yes, um, and as you'll get into here, that was not an opinion that I mean that was an opinion that was shared by those that mattered, right? Famously, Vince's reaction to it, I mean, it changed everything. So carry on. Yeah. Um the the only interesting thing about this is the Brett involvement. He and Diesel have a pull-up brawl at the end, and there's because Davy Boy pushes him down, and Brett beats up on Davy Boy. Gets gets Diesel DQ. Diesel gets mad. They brawl. Not the greatest pull apart, but I mean it's better than Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury. But I mean any pull apart brawl is better than that. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know that's that's their way to kind of set up the uh, <clears throat> uh, Brett Diesel, which. By the end of the month, they announce is going to be a no DQ match at you no know, count out at Survivor Series. As they sort of had kind of a off and on year long feud. Yes, which I mean, I'm sure I'm not going to be alone on this show. I love that eventual that eventual match. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, this was one of the stops along the way, and this is pivotal in what ends, happens at the end of that match. Is I think we all understand how important this moment is, but like 
when you consider where Nash is in a year's time, it's kind of crazy the butterfly effect element of this if this match just didn't suck. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Because like look, Nash, money was the key in him leaving, right? Mm-hmm. But also maybe if he, you know, hadn't been kind of moved on from as the top guy, that could have been a factor, right? Because by the time oh, that contract totally. like you can't overstate what a moment this is in time where on this, you know, this is in the two weeks earlier, even less than that, right? Right. Brett on Raw has the, the rematch with Jean Pierre Lafitte, and it's like another great match. <laughs> Excellent. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's, oh, I prefer it. I think it's, it's actually better than the pay per view match. I do too. I love it. Um, and it's like all of these things are happening at once. And no matter how many boxes Big Diesel ticked for them promotionally, it's like Brett needs to be the champ, man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we're going to end up. And it's just it's interesting to think about. Like, the idea that this match sucking changes wrestling here in about a year is kind of hilarious to me, but it did suck quickly. I, I don't want to uh, run over your chance to talk about it. that rematch is awesome. That raw match. Go ahead, pal. Brett and Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Oh yeah. The, the match is like, they bust out even more new stuff in this. And I think it's actually worked crisper and more mm-hmm. like it's and the finish is a little bit more done better. Like, Oh, this match is excellent. Like, yeah, this is a kind of a hidden gem because nobody talks about this match. This mm-hmm. is better than the pay per view match. Yeah, kind of like, you know, kind of like Kakushi match on Raw. A lot of people think that's better than the pay per view match. Mm-hmm. This one is really, really good. Definitely worth going out of your way to see. October second, ninety five, I believe. Episode of Raw. How many years into Raw's existence do you have to go before Brett is like? He's succeeds, you know, overcome as like the, the best raw wrestler because obviously the scheduling was different then. Like nowadays, we see Sheamus wrestle every week on TV, right? It was different then, like the way it was taped, the way it was formatted, one hour show, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Brett has some great raw matches in these these early years of that show's existence. How long do you have to go into Raw's existence before you say, you know what, Brett's no longer the best guy in terms of raw matches? Because like the the obvious one is the one two free kid match, which is like an all-time classic Raw match, right? Mm-hmm. We just named two here that, like, we both agree are kind of forgotten in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, man, he must be, in that first decade, he must be one of the top guys in terms of, like, memorable mm-hmm. Raw matches, right? He's He's got to be. He's got to be yeah. up there. Like, I mean, I could, you know, the, the kid match, um, the just, Owen match before Mania 11. There you go, yeah. Um, the Hakushi match in the summer of 95. This match we're talking about now with uh, John Pierre Lafitte on October second, ninety five. Um, he has a Tom Pritchard match that's pretty good in early ninety four. Mm-hmm. I think he has a Jeff Jarrett match that's pretty good on Raw. That tracks. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's interesting to imagine him, and he kind of gets there at the end of his run, but like. Him in a Raw where the formatting is different and the top guys just sort of wrestle every week, mm-hmm. he could have even built on that more, right? But obviously it was right. different, you know, but that's partly a, a benefit to him too. So, yeah, it is interesting for sure. Um, it isn't all bad in the main event scene. Uh, your your best angle of the month was the was the heels laying out uh, Diesel, Sean, and Taker. Is this after the six-man match? Or yes, or? yes, on October 9th. The first half of the show is great. The match is good. The angle's great. It's the angle where Mabel and all them give Taker yeah. a bunch of leg drops and 
Taker gets his face crushed, and then he comes back, and they do a cool build with him coming back as Phantom of the Opera for Survivor Series. Um, I, 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 never, I actually enjoy that stuff. Yeah. I, I enjoy mid late nineties Taker. Well, and I've enjoyed Taker. This is this Taker Phantom of the Opera all the way up until he turns heel in late ninety eight is my favorite Taker ever. Yeah, because I was gonna say that um, after the turn, he's to me very much a case of better in like fault and theory than an right. execution in reality. Well, right? I, I, I like mid two thousand five to mid two thousand nine. Or, or oh yeah, or, or I, I just mean like a lot too. But. That's that like the turn itself, that heel runs, mm. you know, the ministry and stuff. Right. That's the. Right. I, I think when he comes back, he's in a lot of ways better than ever. Um, but there's definitely in it. There's definitely something to be said for this stuff. Absolutely. So yeah. Lay that out again. The the uh, the heels here, Oracle for this angle. Yeah, so it was uh, Camp Cornet, um, Bulldog, Yoko, Yokozuna on Hart, and Dean Douglas came out and helped them beat him up. Mabel and uh, Mo and men and you know King Mabel and Mo men in a mission came out. They all beat up on all three big baby faces, pretty much the top three faces outside of Brett, mm-hmm. like Sean Diesel and Taker. Um. And an interesting show because after that they just did Bret Hart, uh, Isaac Yankum build for the second half of the show and it totally yes. derailed the show. I was like, well, now this show's not even that good anymore. Yeah, I gotta sit there and watch these dumb dentist puns for the rest of the fucking show. Um, was that a Bill Watts angle with the big heel yes, beat down? Was. Yeah, Watts. Yeah. Watts was there for the entire build. Watts was there for that entire four four week taping. From from he was there from the entire build from after triple header until the week before Great White North, and then they fired him. Because that is an inherently non WWF angle with the big heel beat down, yes. right? Like especially yes. at this nowadays. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> babyface don't stay on their feet nowadays, but back then it was like, and he got that reaction. It was striking. Um, you know, you list the Camp Cornet guys, and it's like we all get that Bulldog couldn't have been Yoko's partner because he just couldn't have done the bumping that Owen did to make up for Yoko's. But like, it's hard not to feel like Owen should have been the centerpiece of this faction, man. Like, I yeah, I get it with Bulldog, and like we talked about last time, we just we don't think he's quite that guy. But it feels like. The answer was right in front of them, Owen. Do you think that? Do you think that's just a case that they just didn't see it? I mean, we see it nowadays; it happens, right? They just miss on some guys. Do you think that's the case, or is there more to it? I don't know. I wonder if Vince had a. I wonder if Vince had a weird thing where it was like, "Oh, I already have Brett for pushing him." Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm serious. Like it's Vince. Yeah, well, I, mean, they, they I, I, that... I don't want to. I don't want to make things up out of thin air or anything. But it... no, I, I mean, famously, yeah. Bruce Pritchard tells this story like. When they pitched the brother versus brother angle, Vince said brothers don't fight. And they were like, <laughs> there's a complete misunderstanding of brothers. Yeah, but, 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 but that's that's because in Vince's world, brothers don't even interact with each other. When's the last time Vince talked to Rod? Right, it's just... Yeah, well, of course, I know Rod passed last year, but... It's, it's just like, I think in a lot of ways, what you said is probably truth to it in a weird way. Like we've done the Brett program. Like what else was to do about this? But it just it's hard not to look in that direction when you think of Camp Corner, I think. Brothers Speaking of fight. such. I had three older brothers. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> that's B 
peak Vince though, right? You can imagine him say it with great confidence too. Mm. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, best promo was Cornette. Once again, he closed out the month, the last episode of the month. Um, how pivotal is he to Kemp Cornette, like staying afloat as the top faction? Because we talked about Ted last time out. I don't know if any manager could have pulled this off, my friend. I think this was this was a Cornette special at this point, right? Yeah, he was. He does this great promo after Great White North with Clarence Mason, basically talking about how Bulldog got screwed out and screwed out of the title match and all that stuff. It's just Cornette still had it here. You know, he Mm -hmm. he could still form words that were just and the way he just. His promo style is so unique because he talks so daggum fast and he never slips up. Yeah. It's it's honestly like insane. It is, yeah. When does he at what point does he feel like out of date in professional wrestling? Because it happens pretty quick here. Like if you go a couple years forward. As great as he still is a promo, it feels out of place, right? Like the products change so much, you know? When he brings the NWA people in in 98 is probably the point where it's like, okay. Which, I mean, 100% a rib, right? For that exact reason, but still, God bless. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I understand his perspective on that. He's like, it was nothing to do with me, blame Russo. I get it. But if you watch that stuff, like the audience – could not care less. And that's partly, not partly, that's almost all booking. But there is also a truth to the stylistic shifts that wrestling has experienced, right? Like a lot changes in terms of product. So it's just interesting. Um, okay. Elsewhere on this pay-per-view, we have the, the IC title situation. Shawn Michaels is out. He is attacked uh, by approximately 45 people, I believe was the final count, right? Well, you know, it changes 12 one day, 10 the next, 9 <laughs> yeah. the other. Yeah, they can't, they, they, they can't make up their minds. We have the deal with apparently Dean. an entire Marine Corps beat the shit out of them apparently by the so. end of it. Yeah, we have the situation with Dean and Razor. Talk us through this one. Um, man, this is quite the time, Oracle. It really is. <sighs> yeah, it's total click bullshit, too. Yeah, and look, I'm not the biggest Shane Douglas fan, but that guy, he was a victim of the click. More so than anybody else, you know. Other than, I mean, because even Brett was still getting pushed as a main eventer, you know. I mean, now, yeah, he got shoved to the side in 95 in a lot of ways. But even Vince was like, nope, we got to give Brett the title. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just – this segment where Sean came out and was like all sad and shit and handed the belt to Gorilla once. It was very amusing. It was It was unintentionally funny. I don't think it was supposed to be. And then they had this terrible match where Razor just squashes Douglas the entire time, just squashes it. Because, you know, they, and then, like, Douglas gets, like, three moves on him, and then he just loses. It was just terrible. And oh, he, and then he has his foot under the rope. Remember, he gives him the Razor's rope, and he has his foot under the rope. And it's just like, oh, well, he's your new, you know, your first four-time IC champ, Razor Ramon, and it's like, it's nuts it's, how much power they had, man. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Is it a like? Is this the an almost exclusive, like a one-off in WWE history that got to this extreme? Because with Hogan, 
like Hogan's politics are, are infamous, but we at least understand the situation in terms of his star power, right? Right. Like here we just have a group of guys and the business is on its ass. It's not like they're like, you know, it's not like they're packing them in anywhere and they're just they're running the show. I mean, it's truly toxic in terms of people talk about it and like some dudes shrug it off because you know, tough guy bullshit, but like you don't have to look very far to see the evidence. This was a brutal place to be at this point, and they were they're having fun, I guess, right? Which is all that matters to them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it was it was a total mess. Right. Um <clears throat> best thing that ever happened to the WWF is when they all hugged each other and yeah. Madison Square Garden and three of them mm-hmm. left. Because right. it made room for Austin and Rock and Foley and other people to actually save their promotion. Right. And when we get to April 1998, yeah. we can even talk about Sean Michaels going home, which will be interesting because <laughs> it's, that's an interesting story too. Okay. The same night earlier on, we talked about Razor then, but you and I are both high on the stuff of one, two, three kid. Um, they challenged for the tag belts here on this show, right, prior to Razor winning the IC title. Where are we on their feud at this point, Oracle? Is it developing nicely still, or are we are we losing our way? What do you think? Razor, Razor and Kid. Yeah. They had a great little segment where they had, like, three matches, and Kid kept wanting to get, and, like, yeah. that was so good. It was so well done. Because it built, and Kid kept getting more and more, you know, more and more mad and frustrated, and, he still didn't fully snap. They're doing a really good, really good job building it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he and Razor have good chemistry, but all the quick guys, you know, fed and sold for each other. So that's not that's yeah. that's not a surprise. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was you know, it's another good segment. They're they're building it up. They're you know they're still trying to win the tag titles. Um, together, you know, they're 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 tag team. Um, we're we're getting to the turn soon. It's it's right. it's coming up soon, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Like you can see it's coming, but it's there's enough kind of goodwill built up with the one two three kid that you can kind of get away with it, right? Like there's stuff where it's like, well, I can see his point of view, right? But you know where it's going. It's just really good stuff. Um, where was you at on their match with the smoking guns at the pay per view? Did you have fun with that one? It wasn't bad. It was. It was. It was. It was decent. It was decent. It's one of those matches I find that, like, on paper pops me, and then in reality, she's like, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It happens. Um, we have Goldust debut. He beats Marty Jannetty, who is back. And by the way, in this little short stint here, Marty stays booked, man. He's on the. He's all over the show. It's like a month before he gets fired again, right? But God yeah. bless him. Let's talk through each piece. Let's start with Goldust, who obviously gets the big vignettes before his debut. And I think it's fair to say he has quite the adjustment period as he figures out what this is going to be, this character. Where were you at here on his on his arrival in WWF? He didn't know how he wanted to work in the ring yet. Right. And that was the biggest struggle I think mm-hmm. Dustin had. And boy, that Marty match is not good. Yeah. It's a mess. Um, I just think part of it might have been chemistry. Part of it, I just don't think Dustin knew. I don't think Goldust had any – I don't think he had a, a clue how to work the – I agree, which is fair, right? Yeah, Especially the character then. worked down wonderfully yes. already. And the promos character, he was one. He, he aced that right out of the gate. Working the matches was difficult. And, and in his defense, that's a tough task, right? Like, 
a character yeah. that's hard to figure out how to work. Especially for him, because as we know, he's been a baby face the whole time. Right. <laughs> he's been, you know, family right. legacy, you know, something, but it's like, here he is doing this case, such a devotion. He, that he eventually figured out over time that you don't even change your work style. Right. You just sort of, he could sort of just be Dustin Rhodes, but then face mm-hmm. paint. But I think he was he was trying to find some sort of, yeah, like extension of the character in the ring, and I just think he failed at it because it's too hard to do that with a character. Like I don't know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess he could have tried to work like Adrian Street or something, but that's you know, he kind of he he experiments with it a, a little bit more here once he gets more comfortable. I think, mm-hmm. but like yeah. this initial effort. This first few are so flat. Like the crowd doesn't know how to take it evil, which makes it do it. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. It's really challenging. Obviously, Sabio, figures... his second match against Savio Vig is better. It's it's yeah, it's not that's great, fair. but it's fine. Um yeah. the finish is weird because he just works over Savio's arm and then just just pins him, right? Th- yeah, he yeah. It's like well, you know, he puts the arm lock arm right, bar, but... you know, the hammer lock or whatever pin, but it was just which I thought kind of was unique. It was, it was still odd. It's the kind of thing that pops Somebody you. like Fabio who was, right. you know, yeah. It's not the time for that, right? Also, yeah. like, it's your second match, your first TV match. Like, just hit your finish, man. Don't do that now, right? Yeah. 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 This is interesting. Um, my genetic brother. I'm not kidding, right? There's a couple months here where he's, like, fucking, he's oh, everywhere. We're over the show where he comes back and he works Candido and, like, yeah. the crowd's going crazy. That's a great match, bro. It's a great match. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he he was he was getting used a ton. I mean they were they were pushing him, you know. I mean he he, he you know uh, on the first week of November, which I haven't got to yet, but they announced it on the on the last episode of, of October. He's he's facing Bulldog, you know, in a match. Yeah. So, um, I mean he's he's around and and getting and getting a heavy push. He is, which will not last long, but he's around. No. Um, this this list of debuts is incredible. Incredible contrast to what happened in World Championship Wrestling. Here we go, Eric. Are we ready for this? Debuts alongside Goldust. We have Avatar, <laughs> which is... In fact, let's just stop there and talk about that because that's one of the all-time, like, immediate dead-on-arrival deal, right? Like, Just talk- awful. And... <laughs> Here's the thing. People forget, or rather, they don't know. Al Snow was an Eddie Darling in the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was legitimately like the equivalent of like a Roddy Strong or like a... Okay, hang on. Now listen, now listen, now listen. I, I did that to pop myself and, and to get me going, but I don't, I, don't, I don't mean that as like an actual equal comparison. What I mean well, by I it is... He was an Andy Denny Darling. It's not the same as an Andy Darling would be in the 2000s, right? I mean, it's that's not the same. But <laughs> I really did. That popped me because I did. I did it to pop myself in. You. Could you imagine how Snow like working like Roddy Strong style, <laughs> doing all the big backbreakers and stuff? God bless. <laughs> um, could please do your best to describe what he is trying to portray here in this role because someone God. pointed this out 
and we need to bring it up because I didn't put it in my notes. But there is a very WWF famous sponsor for Survivor Series. Yes. And that is Milton Bradley's Karate Fighters. Indeed. We get many, many vignettes about this, many um, advertisements about this. Including a great one. The first one they did with, with Barry Horowitz and Hakushi, who were going through this weird oh. tag team thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're doing those and weird. Yeah, yeah. They have a karate fighter. So somebody's theory on the PWO board is that it was based off the karate fighters and that they wanted to have a gimmick where they basically had a karate fighter or like, or, 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 or somebody, or, or, or maybe a Mortal Kombat. Cause I think Mortal Kombat, the video game came around at the time mm-hmm. or, well, I mean, it might have been around for a while, but the, I think the, um, the movie had come out. Um, cause you know, Mortal Kombat started, I think started in the eighties or something, the video game, right. um, you know, the arcade game. Um, so this was like a karate fighter, Mortal Kombat type type deal. That Al Snow had to portray, and um, <laughs> so he comes out and he doesn't have his mask on. His interest is that he comes in and then he and then he sort of transforms into the character as he turns the mask on and then works really bad martial arts yes. into a match. How would you? You mentioned he come out without the mask. How would you describe his facial expressions, Oracle, when he makes his entrance? Because they haunt me to this day. <laughs> he just sort of stares into the stares into the abyss like some sort of yeah deranged he, killer or something. But then, the, but then he transforms, as you said. And there's yes. also we haven't even mentioned the actual the in ring itself, where there is a whole lot of issues. Right, it's very very mm-hmm. bad. Um. Our pal tape machines recently, he was doing some of this stuff and he clipped this match a little bit. And he pointed out something that popped me huge in that Vince, by the end of this match, Vince isn't even putting this over. He's like, eh, that's that one, that's lost. Right? You know, you win something, you lose some. That one's a loss. It's uh it's something. Now, a couple of other debuts. Ahmed Johnson gets the the very famous big run in, right? And you know mm-hmm. slams Yokozuna, yeah. Yeah, which is I mean, but that's people, old school people forget his first vignette they had. They have him cut a promo about his mother raising him. Oh, God, I don't even and... remember this. Ahmed was not the most eloquent speaker. Um, <laughs> and yeah. charismatic as can be, the poor guy just had injuries galore. Um, it's so over too, man. He was over, but <clears throat> his promos actually kind of rule in sort of an ironic way. Yes. Especially when he's shouting and spitting on the camera, it rules. Yeah, and everything that comes out of his mouth is indecipherable. Um, Do you know how Bob O'Neill once described Ahmed Johnson on the podcast, Oracle? <laughs> no. And I quote, he was Kurt Angle before Kurt Angle. You tell me, man. Was he, that was the way he went with it? I, that rules. I, I never I asked understand. for his explanation. I, 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 just... I, don't, I don't understand, but that rules. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> but this, in all seriousness, I do love that 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 debut angle, right? That's old school wrestling stuff, man. He slammed Yoko. Does he get any better than that? That's, 
Yeah, that, that, was, that was that was cool. That was a really good way to get him over right at the top. That was good yeah. booking. It's good shit, man. It can be it can be very simple that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, elsewhere, PG Farina here, who may be the least WWF act to appear in WWF at this point ever. <laughs> yes, and they're also a tag team that would be totally canceled immediately yep. upon arrival in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Um, understandably so. Because Jamie yeah. Dundee alone is like one of the most scummy people in the history of the maybe in the history of the world. Um, <laughs> in the history of the world, my God. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, that might have been slightly hyperbolic, but <laughs> Jamie Dundee is God, he cuts an incredible promo that Chris Zellner actually linked to. Did you see it? In the ECW Arena. No, I did not see it. Not something that would be incredible. But yes, PG thirteen, excellent tag team, by the way. Mm-hmm. Great Stooges. Um, good tag team offense. They debut here, part of the USWA partnership. Uh, they come in, you know. The USWA partnership is under underlooked, I think. Um, I would agree. Because uh, some guy by the name of Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, came in through that through that avenue. He did okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think he did fine. So um, he's obviously the the uh, obvious like person you would circle who was who who was a uh, success out of that partnership. But would you say that people forget that because their mind goes more to the Smoky Mountain deal? You think that's what happened there? People just like they when they think of those mid nineties punches, they go to the Smoky Mountain thing and forget. But like that's a real thing that went on there for a while. Yep. Yeah. I. I think so. Yeah. Like. Um, I mean, Al Snow was part of the. You know. Right. Well, and then of course, win some, you lose some. Yep. And then he went to ECW and came back, and still there wasn't much any. You know, there wasn't much progression. Though he was very over in ECW. There you go. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, okay, finally, I can't believe I'm, I'm ending on this note, but we talked about it last time. Uh, one of the more um, telling moments in, in these days where the WWF is doing like a fan poll for for OJ Simpson, right? Now, is this the poll or is this when they like... This is the fan sp- poll in the first episode yes. of the month, I believe. Um. Talk through this one as best you can, pal. <laughs> well, they build the whole show around an OJ Simpson poll. They do. And basically, of whether you think he's guilty or not. Right. And they announce it like a wrist. Man plays up that he's guilty. Yeah. And Lawler as the heel plays up that he's that yeah. he's not just like guilty. any other angle, right? Because yeah. because because as a heel, surely, surely, surely. A, you know, Vincent McMahon is surely a black man would be guilty. Right. <laughs> and in this case, it's a unique case. Right. We all know the O.J. Simpson case. We don't have to go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just peak Vince, peak WWF being desperate, super desperate. Like yeah, it really not and it isn't, it isn't hidden at all, right? How desperate it feels. Like it's so. Right. Cheap and just like, oh, it's brutal, man. It's brutal, <laughs> awful. It's, it's just, 
is a real moment in time where you go, oh yeah, they're they're a little bit worried here about these ratings. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, okay, that was their beef in October nineteen ninety five. I have a question. We know that ECW won the month. Give me a little comparison on on who got the better of October out of the two Monday night shows, Raw and uh, Nitro, because you said Raw had a couple of nice shows in there at the end of the month. So. Mm-hmm. Where, where are you at on that? Who would you say won the, of the two, you know, the big two, who would you say won here in October? WCW pretty easily. There you go. Is it fair to say that, like, WWF is a case of, like, if you watch it piece by piece, you can pick out stuff you enjoy. But as a product, it's real bad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sometimes the the analytical part of our fandom, you can actually put it down and just say, "Man, this show sucks." Right? I think that's where yeah. this is at. Unfortunately, at that point. Okay, that was October. Let's do a quick teaser here as we we reach the two hour mark. We're doing yeah. a pretty good job. This show's not gone off the rails yet in terms of timing. Oracle, I'm proud of right. this. Right. <laughs> let's do a quick teaser of what's ahead in November, and then let's take it home, brother. Go ahead. So November, we're gonna have uh, three big shows. Um, on the same weekend, November 18th, November to Remember 1995, uh, November 19th, Survivor Series 1995, and the following weekend, World War III 1995. Mm -hmm. Um, November to Remember 1995 is a huge show. We might end up covering that show for about a half hour. That's a big one. Um, Luckily, World War Three, we can do it about five minutes. So. Yeah, I agree with that. That's 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 where I understand why you sort of went 150 minutes. I don't know what was going to be easy to cover. <laughs> Survivor Series, it seems Joe and I agree on some things, and yeah. I mean, it's not the. I, I think it's the best show of that period. Right. Survivor Series '95. I think it's a pretty good show up and down the card. Um, even with Bob Backlund's presidency, uh, you know, presidential efforts, um. Or rather, the uh, you know, actually, President Bill Clinton makes an appearance on that show. Speaking <laughs> we'll, of desperate, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll 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 get we'll get to all that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it'll be an interesting month. Lots of uh, uh, I think it's the uh, peak dark side of Hulkamania is going on throughout November, if I'm not mistaken. Still, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Good news for you, pal. <laughs> uh, we will we will see some we'll see some Joshi workers come in, mm-hmm. uh, and both promote and both big two promotions. Yeah. Um. You know, they go head to head at one point. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Like, segment uh, for segment. That's interesting. We will. Uh. Yeah. It's it's going to be an interesting month. Um. I think the four horsemen will. Uh, be a pivotal part. Um, like I said, ECW's got a huge. I mean, remember, remember. I mean that that show is is right. big, big, big. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be a fun month to talk about. I'm excited for it. I am too. Quickly to answer the question, Joe has already gone from a bit. It's worth saying because I, I did gloss over it. Best WWF match again. Was Brett and Jean Pierre Lafitte? So Correct. we, we recommend that one for sure. Right? Yep. There you go. Um, okay, this has been episode two of the Historical Oracle. We are here in October 1905. We head into November. 
we appreciate all the, the support on this one. This is a series that I think is shaping up pretty nicely, pal. I think this is, I think this is, yeah. this is, this is a nice one. And the thing that I, I said this to Oracle last time, after we got off the air, I said, a lot of the stuff we do is lost in the moment. I mean, I did a preview show on Wednesday, Oracle, that was out of date by 15 minutes after when Kendrick was pulled off that show. You know, <laughs> this series is timeless. People can always come back to this. So we hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us. Shoot's wonderful graphics says that you can follow Oracle at King H. You can follow me at Joe Holbert. You can become a grinner at latenightgrin.com. You can see our two beautiful faces tomorrow night in about 25 hours as we review Rampage and do other stuff for four hours. Much going on. I'll be back on this channel at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Jay Sean Nicole. We're going to talk about some free agents and, and have some fun. So have a good evening, folks, and keep grinning. All hell. Thanks, guys.